being a dad's hard. You know, it is hard work being a dad, but what a blessing. Welcome to the Blood Brothers Podcast with Ben Steiger and Eric Metz. Today we have a returning guest with us, Chris Downing. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Hey, Eric and Ben. I'm excited to be back and appreciate you guys having me back on to to chat this morning. Glad to have you back and always a pleasure. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing the topic of fatherhood and the enjoyment and the challenges of being a dad. So gentlemen, let's start off with a good lighthearted question right now. What do you enjoy most about being a dad? Before we dive into the question, let me say, let me say this, uh, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll say it the rest of my life. I believe there are three greatest things that sanctify a man. Number one is working on a vehicle. All right. And it could be different, different for, for different guys, you know, but, uh, for me, it's working on vehicles, and uh, it's something that'll make me cuss, cry, and laugh all at the same time. Uh, number two is being married. Uh, man, will God use marriage to shape me as a man? And uh, I try not to cuss. I normally don't. Uh, I try not to cry. Sometimes I, I do. Uh but I also have a lot of fun and so blessed uh, through my marriage to Mila. But the third greatest thing that I believe that God uses to sanctify a man is being a father. And uh, all those things we think are about us giving, fixing a vehicle or uh, being the husband and uh, being the, the strength for uh, the, the wife or being the father and being the dad and steering and guiding and correcting and all those things. Uh, but man, it is so much more about God molding and shaping us into the men that he gives us the ability uh, to be. And uh, so when I think about this subject, I get excited about it. Uh, being a dad's hard. You know, it is hard work being a dad, but what a blessing. And uh, I look forward to digging in. That's a great perspective, I think, to ground us down and just kind of level set things to start us off. So I appreciate sharing that. That's yeah. a good good perspective. And to be fair, I agree with, you know, working on a vehicle, sanctifying a guy. But not every guy buys three trucks to make one truck and <laughs> is willing to lift your cab off of a truck multiple times. Right. You- <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say my number. You you were there yesterday and <laughs> Yeah. No, that's okay. Ahead, I was just going to say uh I my my extent of working on vehicles is changing wiper blades and driving it to the shop. So, my number one is probably going to be like being on a sports yeah. team that can make you cuss, cry and get pull your hair out. So There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. That explains yeah. a lot. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 I just uh, uh, roll up in my car that's already been taken care of by the professional. I'm happy to earn money to pay them to handle it. So <laughs> I just know I just meant the part about pulling out. Oh, your well, hair. yeah, of course. That's I'm, what I'm involved if anybody explains a lot. But sees anyway, me on a reel. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, back to the question. Yeah. What do you guys enjoy? What do you guys enjoy most about being a dad? Yeah, so I think uh, you know my kids are in. I'm in, in a different stage of fatherhood than than both of you. So 
so I have two boys under the age of seven. And then we have one on the way. My wife, Tanya, is due here in less than a month. So we'll have three boys. And, um, and so the thing that I enjoy most with them is just time with them, hanging out, playing, teaching them new things. Um, and then also like they just do crazy things and have crazy stories and say crazy things. And so, um, it's just always a joy to, to hear what's going to come out of their mouth next. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. Eric, Eric, you don't get to experience, uh, Tuesdays often like I do, but, uh, we're often excited for, uh, Chris's, uh, dad stories from Cameron and Easton and they are some hilarious boys they they were funny but uh that's good yeah you know i guess we should tell everybody uh you know our our kids and ages and whatnot and i have two boys and two girls my oldest son blake is 25 i think he's 25 or did he turn 26 let's say he's 25 and uh bailey is 21 mallory's 20 and heath is 19 and uh blake's married to Paige, and she's uh 23 I believe so. Yes, a completely different stage of life, and uh, and I remember, you know, enjoying those specific things, and I certainly still enjoy spending time uh, with my kids. But time uh, time is not the same uh, at this stage, and we don't get to spend as much time. Uh, and some of it's good, and some of it's sad. But uh, for me, what I enjoy the most is seeing my kids apply themselves and succeed and yeah struggle along the way but to push through it and it's hard you know as a dad to to watch your kids struggle because you want to fix you want to go back to that stage where you're at chris where you can just take them pick them up and remove them from a situation and put them someplace safe and that's just not how it works and so to see your kid go through something to struggle to fight for what they want, what they know is right, or where God's leading them, and then to see them succeed, uh, man, that brings me so much joy. Yeah, I love it. I've got four kiddos, uh, John, 21, James just turned 20, uh, Molly, 17, and Jaden is 13, just turned 13. And so I'm, again, in a different stage, too. I'm in that middle two teenagers and and two that are out of teenage, but um I think the biggest thing I would agree with Ben is just seeing them succeed and develop. You know, each kid is at a different stage and as they go through the different stages, seeing them, you know, start to walk and then seeing them start to to talk and then you start, you know, the different stages are just so cool to see. And then really, you know, I'm a teacher at heart. So when I teach them something and then they use it and then they're successful with it and they're like, dad, did you see that I just did this? And I was like, man, that's such a, such a high, um, being a dad. And so again, the, yeah. I would say the opposite is true as far as this, the struggle can be, you know, seeing them not do what you ask them to do or not take the advice that you gave them and then they fail. And so it's like, you know, that can be hard too, but, but yeah, the, the biggest enjoyment in the end is just seeing them succeed and develop and, and learn about life as they go through the different stages. And, and also it's crazy how we relive life through them. And so enjoying life again through them has been cool to see too, as far as, you know, especially when yeah. like this, the jokes are the same, by the way, like when they're like, when they're in fourth grade and they come home like, dad, did you hear this joke? Blah, blah, blah. And it says the joke and I laugh. And like, I said that exact same joke when I was in fourth grade. <laughs> so it's stuff like that where you like relive life <laughs> through them. Just yeah, a little it's, bit, it's, right? It's pretty cool. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that, uh, 
Man, it just makes sense. You know, a characteristic, I believe, of a good dad is uh, that joy from seeing your children uh, succeed, from seeing your children excited or, or happy, right? You know, we invest in them because that's our desire. We want to see them uh, succeed. We want to see them healthy. Uh, but uh, recognizing that uh, part of succeeding is going through uh, the struggle. I have a question for, for you guys and each of you, no, no matter your stage, can, can, uh, can relate to this. But uh, what's it like for you guys to watch your kids struggle? Like what phase are you at with that? You know, like for me, uh, I'm coming out of a stage where uh, one of my children was just struggling and uh, struggling for a few years in relationship and then uh, just passion and direction in life. And uh, another one of my, it's not just one, uh, there, there's a couple, you know, and uh, my desire to step in, to, if you would just listen to me, if you would just do what I would say, you know, and all those things, like I know the answer, everybody else knows the answer too. listen to somebody uh, that's going in the right direction, but that's not how things work. That's not how I learned. That's not how you guys learned. We had to make our own path and it took me a good while to, to learn. Wait a second, Ben, this, this is not your path. This is their path and you need to trust God through this, but what are some things for you guys that, that come to mind with that? Yeah, I can speak for, for the, that type of stage where it's like, you're, you're letting the world and letting circumstances teach them versus you being the teacher. And I think that is, that is a big chance. That is tough to be able to say, okay, well, that's your decision. That's your, up to you. But in the back of your mind, you're like, mm, I'm not sure it's going to work out, you know? And so that to me is, is a challenge. And, and a book that comes to mind that you recommended to me, Ben, was uh, Fathered by God by uh, John Eldridge. And so Eldridge. Uh, that really helped me with the different stages that we go through as far as like, you know, the the, the cowboy phase and the, you know, the the king phase and all these different phases that we go through as men. And, and I think that helped me understand, Oh, he's in the cowboy phase. He needs to do it on his own and he needs to explore and he needs to figure it out. And he's to, he's fearless right now. So he's going to take all these ch chances. And, and so that really helped me kind of back off and just let them make the decisions. And I think a big key too is to treat them as humans and individuals and not treat them like your property or possession. I've seen some men struggle with that too. Like, well, they're my kids, so I'm going to tell them what to do and make them almost do something. And I think that backfires oftentimes and creates rebellion and, and all that. So there's an element of letting go yeah. and letting them experience life. Chris, what do you, what do you think about all that? Yeah. Um, you know, we still, even though my kids are a lot younger, just even there's struggles there too. And, you know, Easton has some struggles in school and trying to come alongside of him. And, um, you know, at this stage, it's a little bit different where we're trying to equip him with tools to, to help him, you know, do better. Um, you know, Cameron, he has his own struggles with, uh, you know, one of his is saying he's sorry or apologizing. Uh, it took him two weeks one time to say he was sorry to his mom. And, uh, you know, so we kept his toys for two weeks. <laughs> and so it's like, you thought he forgot about it. And one day he's like, Hey mom, I'm sorry. Can I have my truck back? You know? And, um, but, um, uh, you know, just even over like Christmas break, they 
have all of these new toys that they have. Tanya and I have things that we need to get done, cleaning the house, places we need to go. And so, you know, there's that conflict between us. They're like, I just want to do our new things. And so Easton has been firing back, like, you always say no. And it's that, you know, if you would listen to us, like, as you were saying that, Eric, about your older kids, you know, I'm hearing that conversation with my, you know, six-year-old going, if you would listen and pick up your toys when we asked or do these things, then there would be time for your cool new toys, you know? And so, um, so yes, yeah, similar, like a mirrored type of thing, but different, um, different ramifications, I think for, for life and for, for things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of life and, and kind of piggybacking off that, what, what has God taught you about life or as a dad, you know, through being a dad, like what has God taught you about himself or life as you've um, been through the different stages of being a dad? Yeah, I think uh, the number one thing that comes to my mind is just patience. Um, I'm not always patient with, you know, my kids and the time that I think I need things done or I think they should be grasping something. Um, but just that, that patience and, uh, um, it seems like at times, like my kids, they have an unhealthy wake up time. Um, so like five thirty, six, And so, you know, and that's, yeah. And so it is like unhealthy for me (laughs) and other people are like, you know, after New Year's Eve, my buddy whose kid was up just as late as ours, he's like, it was 11 o'clock and his daughter was still sleeping. I was like, mine were up at 6 a.m., you know? And so um, it, as a dad, like, it can feel like I wake up early and they're up early. And, you know, you go through your day, you put them to bed, and it's just like you feel like I don't have any time. Uh, but having patience with them and uh, realizing that it's just a season and investing you know, in the future. Um, so I would think the, the number one thing that, that God has taught me is patience. And I think too, like, I think there's, there's a softening that happens to your heart as you have kids too, like the way that you viewed the world or that, you know, the stage, um, stages before that, like you see things in a different light, you pay more attention to, uh, when kids are hurt or kidnapped or, you know, different things like that, they tug on your heart uh, when you see those things differently. So I think there's definitely a softening that happens as you become a, a father. Yeah, that's a good call out. Yeah. Ben, what about you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I certainly agree with uh, with all of those patience and softening and uh, just overall, you know, rounding me, you know, as a man. But, uh, you know, so often it's easy to, to look at our kids and, uh, and condemn them, (laughs) you know, for their wretched selves and, uh, to think that we're that much better. And, uh, oftentimes I'll look at one of my kids struggling and in the past, you know, years and years ago, I might not have seen it, but, uh, and I've come to just recognize, uh, God's love for me, you know, manifested often through, how I see my children going through something. And then I consider what I'm going through or what I have gone through in God's great love and his mercy and his grace, uh, just displayed over and over and over again. So abundantly, uh, that just gives me the ability to move forward 
in life and to come back to my father and to recognize my need for him, his love for me, and the fact that he's never going to give up on me. And uh, that definitely changes how I parent, but it also changes uh, how I live. And I don't think that if, if I, you know, I know that God has his way of working it out for, for every individual. Not everybody is able to have children and God has a way to speak to their heart. Uh, but, but for me, uh, man, God has demonstrated uh, his love for me as I raise uh, and invest uh, my children. And now as I become friends uh, with them, uh, it's just, it's beautiful. So I am forever grateful uh that i got that experience and consider it a yeah. blessing for yeah, sure man. my about you, man? major lesson learned i think and just perspective shift was how much grace forgiveness and love god has for me if i can have this much as a mere man mm. for these four individuals like so much love grace forgiveness and patience right. like chris mentioned and if I can have that much for them, like how much more does the perfect, huge God of the universe have for me? And that really helped, really comforted me because for so long in my life, yeah. I was told that, you know, you better straighten up and you got to be perfect, basically do the right things. And I'm like, yes, we should try to do the best we can and, and love people and be as sinless as we can. But obviously we're not perfect. And and that showed me the grace that when I do fall, it's just like I extend grace to my kids when they fall. It just was that much greater. And it was just like, man. And then when I read scripture, it's like, now I see it. Now I see the depth of God's love, the depth of his grace, the, the patience that he has for us. And so it's just really taught me a lot and renewed my mind about God and who he is. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. Uh, there, there's another question that we were going to go over, but before we get there, what do you guys believe your greatest role as a father is to your children? What do you believe your greatest role as a father is to your children? You guys didn't have time to think about that one, but uh, I know you got some good answers. Yeah, I would say preparing them for life included in that is, you know, their relationship with Jesus, right? And so, and I think that without that investment or without introducing them to Jesus and demonstrating your relationship with him and encouraging and nurturing that and influencing them, um, you know, what's it matter if you teach them how to work on a car? Like, you know, your relationship with God and passing that on to them, everything else pales in comparison to that. But I would want to lump all that in together and say, like, I also I want to give my kids experiences so that as they get out on their own, you know, they're prepared for things that they see and that they can navigate those things or, you know, be prepared for those things. And so, you know, every single parent, as much as you prepare your kid, they're not there's things that they're going to face that maybe that you didn't quite prepare them well for, you know. And so. So, yeah, that's uh, that would be my answer. Can I just say ditto on that? Because I think that's exactly my, my perspective as well. Is like it's preparing them for life, but obviously that includes the Lord. And um, the two words that come to mind were truth and love. So truth and love. The truth is Jesus is 
God and he's real and eventually they'll get there if they don't get there, you know, in your home. I, I believe your your kids will eventually get to the fact that Jesus is the truth and he is the way, the truth, and the life. But also love. Love people unconditionally, regardless of how different they are, regardless of their lifestyle choices, and just truly loving people. I think that's our job too, is to help them to think outside of themselves and love. And so with truth and love and preparing them for life, I think is the, is the role that we have. So. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I, I think about, uh, you, Eric, and, uh, you're not, not having, you know, the father figure in the way that I had, you know, a father figure and to see you as a father, just love and lead your children. Well, it's, it's really neat. And, uh, you know, when I think about that question, I think about Proverbs 20 to verse six, you know, it talks about, you know, the responsibility to train up, you know, our children in the way that he or she should go. And it, it's, it's the same thing that you guys just said. It's, it's not just investing in them one way, but holistically to the best of our ability to see our children succeed, to not hold things to ourselves, to not just continually show our children how to do things, but oftentimes be patient and, and have your children do things, have them work things out. You know, I'm going to tell a quick story. Uh, you guys know I hunt. Uh, we, we shoot a lot of animals and we harvest them to, to eat and it's incredible. And, uh, you know, watching uh, my son for years, uh, you know, clean field dress a deer and, uh, he, he's done it before, but I've always helped him. And what I realized is that, I've helped him so much that I've enabled him and that he would constantly question, you know, himself. And so this last year, uh, he's field dressing his, his deer and I so want to step in cause it's taken forever. <laughs> and <laughs> I want to get it done, you know, and I want to get on, get on, get, get inside. And, uh, and it took everything in me to resist stepping in, uh, to, to finish it. I was still going to show him how to do it. Uh, but, you know, as a father, it's not just okay for me to, to show him, but man, I had to allow him to work that stuff out. And, uh, we are to be our children's first teacher, you know, and we're blessed with the opportunity and, and the, the perspective and the view to see that and to know it. And there's a lot of dads that don't have that perspective or that view or, or, are not in, in a place where they recognize that the world doesn't revolve around them. And uh, so many fathers are so selfish, so, so self-focused that they don't recognize their role as a father, their role to uh, invest uh, holistically and certainly spiritually training them in the ways of the father, being real, being authentic, showing them what being a true man is. And a true man is not, uh, you know, doing, doing the, the hard work and no moaning or complaining or whatever. Yeah. A true man has empathy and compassion has love and grace and mercy. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, those were just, uh, some things that kind of real quick to piggyback off of what you shared Ben about emotions. I think, you know, growing up with a dad that passed away early at 12 and people that meant well, but didn't, didn't understand what it was to be a man really told me to like kind of suck it up and uh, be there strong for my mom and all this other stuff, which hindsight is really ridiculous advice. But later on in a quiet time, the Lord told me that real men show emotion. I mean, 
obviously he wept. It's even in the yeah. Bible, you know, and, and his love and he cries out and wails and, you know, and just different things that Jesus did. And so we as men need to remember that that is a healthy element of being a dad is showing emotion and letting our kids show emotion as well. So just want to call that out as a, as a piggyback to what you said, but yeah. You know, if any of our listeners are struggling with their relationship with their kids, what advice would you give them to reconnect, to to develop and regain that connection with their kids? I have learned to be quick, quick to listen, slow to speak, right? I mean, Scripture's clear about that, but to also be quick to admit uh, where I was wrong and to ask for forgiveness and uh man, does that see walls just come down. And uh, sometimes I can say or do something that hurts one of my children. And uh, man, I don't want to say or do things. I don't want to hurt my kids. And pride tells me, ah, they'll get over it. They'll, They'll figure it out. But what we know about wounded hearts is that oftentimes it's pride. Uh, that wounds the heart and it's pride that keeps the heart from healing. And as a father, it's part of my responsibility, uh, to help my kids heal, you know, those broken areas. And so, man, I would just, uh, encourage, you know, our listeners when, when you, when you recognize that you've done something wrong, you've hurt or you've offended your child, uh, to, to come to them, uh, in, in a sincere way and to, to ask for further forgiveness to admit uh where you're you're wrong and you know certainly that's not always the circumstances when you're facing a challenge but uh gosh you know being connected to the father is key uh you know you can't have a heart of empathy and compassion of, of grace and mercy uh if you're not connected to to the father and so uh you know holy you know being being a good father man i have to be in tune with my heavenly uh, father. And sometimes I got to press pause and say, all right, father, I need your help here. And, uh, I love every, every morning I open my Bible and I read it and now, you know, I have my, my, uh, my system or whatever reading, but, uh, I read a proverb, a chapter every day. And in there is, uh, my family, uh, picture, it's a postcard or whatever. And, uh, I love taking that picture out and just praying over each of them uh, by name, looking at their face. Sometimes just just put my finger right on their head and just just praying for them and thinking intentionally about their life, about what's going on with them. Oftentimes I'll pick a word uh, that I feel like the Holy Spirit gives me to pray over them for an entire year. And uh, so... You know, all of that just helps me connect to the Father and uh, helps me demonstrate His love for them. But I'm not a perfect man. I need a lot of grace and mercy, and there's a lot of apologies that I have to offer uh, my kids. And uh, yeah, yeah, I I agree with everything that that Ben said, and it's uh it's been encouraging, you know, being working with Ben and being friends and uh, just seeing how he he loves his kids and and processes things and. Um, the two things with that question that um, come to my mind is prayer and just pray about it. And I guess let me back up is that, you know, I'm not in a position where like 
I've had conflict with my kids and we've been separated or estranged or that relationship, you know, isn't right. They've moved off. They don't want to talk to me. Um, and so this is just my, from the top of my head with that question. But the, the number one thing I would say is pray about it because I believe that prayer changes things. We've been talking this week how it, you know, it changes us, it changes our hearts as we connect with God. And, uh, and then secondly, is just don't give up, you know? And so I have some friends that have older kids and they are not living in a way that, that honors God. And, and it's been inspiring to me to see how this dad is still taking steps um, to love his child and to um, to not be offensive, but to be there for love, but still hold truth. And like, it's just, it's that messy middle, um, but it's been so encouraging uh, to see those steps that he's taking to not give up, to still be in his kid's life. And uh, uh, yeah, I think from what we've seen culturally in the past, and maybe we've experienced where parents will, if you're going that way, I'm cutting you off, you know, or you've done this to me. And so, um, and it brings that back around to like, God, the father doesn't do that to us, no matter what we've done. And reminds me of the, you know, the prodigal son, and that the son said, I wish you were dead, I want all of your stuff. And when the dad saw him from a long way off, the dad ran to meet him, you know, and I believe that that's what God does for us is when we turn to him, he's quick to run to us. So don't give up. That's great, man. Again, you guys crushed it. The only thing I would add is um, I mentioned this in our discipleship podcast a a few podcasts ago. It's the be with principle. Every every kid's love language, at least one of their Mm -hmm. love languages is time. And to really show them love and, and connection and to be is, is to be with them and to, and to restore that. And even if you don't like your kids' hobbies, like just take an interest in their hobbies, be with them. If it's video games, if it's skateboarding, if it's whatever, you know, be with them. Not that all those things are bad. I'm just yeah. saying it's like whatever. It's funny. My one son, Jaden, was interested in skateboarding so we went to a skate park and it was like okay all right kind of random but let's go and (laughs) hang out at a skate park for a little while and um just top of mind but that concept being just be with your kids like just spend time with them and it it does take selflessness to do that and you know saying no saying no to what you want to do and saying yes to what they want to do and just being available being around encouraging them building them up and and especially if you're in a struggling if you're struggling with your relationship I think that saying, hey, I just want to grab dinner. Let's Everybody's got to eat, right? So you just grab breakfast, grab dinner, grab coffee. And like, hey, let's just chat and catch up, you know, or I'll buy you dinner, you know, whatever. And it's treating them like a human being and not not just yeah. your kid or your possession. And I think getting away from that can really, can really help the relationship. That's good. I have one more thing I want to add to, to that. Uh, man, I have gained so much strength. Uh, through community, you know, even though Chris is not uh, at the stage uh, of parenting that I am, uh, man, he has spoken significantly into my life as a father and as a man, and uh, and certainly conversations that Eric and I have had, and so many other men. But I have found so much strength through community and uh, having brothers lift me up, challenge me, pray for me. But you know, one of the greatest things that I value is having those men in my children's life. 
having those men engage my kids in a way they care in a way that says, Hey, listen, if you need to talk, if you need something, you let me know, uh, in a way that is, is, uh, you know, banter and fun and challenging. And, uh, I love that. And without a good group, a good community, uh, man, my kids would be robbed of so much and not everybody has that opportunity, but as a father, many of us have the choice to align our lives with community. It takes time. It takes investment and it's dirty because, because it, it's hard because you have to, you have to invest. You have to be willing uh, to do life with others, but man, the reward is so much greater than uh, a good time. Sometimes so much greater than just our relationship with the father or our marriage, but I mean, it seeps into our children's lives. So yeah. great point. Well, last question for you guys today, just to, and wrap things up is, uh, you know, for any listeners that don't have kids, you know, in what ways can they still encourage and mentor young men or women in their, in their lives? What, what could they do to still play that part and role as a dad? What Ben just said about community is like, I think that that's important. And I think sometimes as dads, we think that we have all the tools that we need to give our kids. And I think sometimes we can feel threatened when a kid learns a lesson from someone else or, um, you know, sees value and what somebody others has skills or whatever. And so, um, I can remember like one of the first times, uh, uh, I was a youth pastor for a little while and, uh, one of the parents was going to punish his teenage son by not sending him to camp. And, uh, I can remember, I was so nervous to sit down with his dad and call him and I was like, you know, what if camp is the very thing that he needs? You know, you've been struggling with these things and like, you know, could we find some other way to punish him? And, you know, the dad, I was shocked because I didn't think the conversation was going to go that way. But like he received what I had to say. They found a different way. The The student went to camp and, you know, it was a, a great impact on his life and stuff. But, you know, just finding those ways to, to speak into other people's lives. And then as a dad, you know, like Ben had said earlier, allowing other guys to speak into your kids' lives. Having those multiple touches, I think, helps um, when your kid maybe feels like they can't come to you. Um, having someone trusted there that they are bouncing things off of to help to help lead them. Yeah, and uh, for people that don't have kids, uh, man, I think it's it's an incredible opportunity uh, to invest in a way that uh, people that have kids can't. You know, maybe to be able to build relationships uh, with with multiple young men or women to speak into uh, their life, and I love the young adult uh, phase. And it's hard to engage uh, youth in our in our society without being. Uh, creepy without it being perceived uh, one way or the other as creepy, but man, we just need to, you know, individuals, if you just pray for those opportunities for God to, and just align uh, individuals in their life for, for God to use them to speak into. Uh, I believe that uh, man, God often uh, provides those opportunities and that discipleship uh, isn't always, you know, man to man. It oftentimes it's man to, to young man, and uh, we need men stepping up and leading the way. And uh, same with women uh, investing in younger younger women. Yeah. 
and there's always the adoption route as well. I feel like, you know, with so many orphans out there as well, if you're for some reason can't have children or aren't able to have kids, then adoption is definitely a a route. God is all about the orphan. If you read the scripture, God is all about taking care of them, providing for them. And if that's something that's on your heart, I encourage you to pursue it and pray about it. But there's a role. I mean, like I mentioned, my dad passed away when I was 12 and it was awesome to see God raise up other men in my life over the years to really make an impact. So I want to encourage those guys that if you don't have kids and and even guys that do have kids to pour into other kids, nieces, nephews, relatives, whoever, um, take that opportunity because it's life-changing and it changed my life. It helped me a ton just get through to feel confident in myself and believe in myself. And, and even my brothers, you know, they helped, you know, encourage me along the way too. So wherever stage you are, you can have an impact in other people. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's the smallest things too. It could just be a happy birthday note or uh, a gift or just uh, ask them how, how they're doing uh, passing a church or you see them out or, yeah. or whatever. But yeah, yeah man. Well, gentlemen, thanks again for your time and, and just your wisdom that you shared. Uh, for those of you that are, that are listening, you know, we appreciate you, you know, taking the time as well. And we encourage you to share this podcast with anybody that you feel like would build them up. Again, in the show notes, you can connect with us. And we just appreciate you listening. And thanks again and have a great day. Yeah.